Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. back to the morning grind it's uh dean once again stevie not in just yet of course stevie's knocking out his uh, nascar content you guys know where, know where to get that here at rudderrunners.com that said uh we got basketball and baseball theoretically right around the corner yesterday we talked with cardi uh about baseball uh mostly just anticipating the season some some things to kind of expect we, we talked a little bit of vegas stuff as well i wanted to have a bigger vegas conversation with that i'm going to bring in mr vegas sure why not let's give him that moniker I mean, nothing says Vegas like that haircut you're rocking right now, Grant. It's Grant Nefer. What's going on, Grant? Oh, you know, just just did my quarantine haircuts going, you know, for my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a combination platter? Like you get the you get like a checkup and you get a haircut at the same time? Yeah, here's a haircut and here's some penicillin. You should have had shouldn't have had so much fun this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions, but I think the people want to hear uh, uh they want to hear us talk about some basketball. We're gonna do basketball and we're gonna do baseball as well. Uh, talking from a Vegas perspective. Uh, right now, I have the, the DK Sportsbook open. Great, right? We're going to basically work off that. Uh, oh, we did want to say, actually, I talked to you about this off air. I think it's worth noting before we kind of dive in. More and more states, obviously, are ratifying Sportsbook. More and more states are trying to get you to sign up, and they're giving you sign-up bonuses, and they're giving you some free bets. And you talked to me about this off air, and unfortunately, right now, I'm in a state that does not offer sports gambling, but you do. Uh, you have to live in Colorado right now. Uh, speak to that and speak to the strategy on how to best use uh, your deposit bonuses or I guess your free bets specifically. I mean, yeah. So like always get the maximum deposit bonus if you have the money for it. Again, be responsible, but always get the maximum deposit bonus every single time. Like DK, FanDuel, MGM, all these places, they offer you a $500 free bet. So 
like on your first bet up to $500. So as much as you're comfortable with losing, use that. And then like on DK, the free bets they give you, um, you don't get the equity back. So you put $500 on a plus 100 bet. And if you win, you get $500. Whereas if you put $500 on a minus $500 bet, you get back 100. So you don't get back the equity like you would with a normal bet. So if you're going to use these free bets, always go with a dog. Always go with the dog, preferably a bigger dog. If you can, like I use a bet earlier yesterday um, on a on the Pelicans to win the finals because it it wasn't a great bet. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I had a few drinks the beforehand. The NBA finals? <laughs> well, I had to use a $25 bet on in, free bet on NBA. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go for a long shot. I'm like, well, this seems like a good idea. I'm probably going to forget to use this bet if I don't do it right now anyways. But yeah, I always opt into all the promotions. I've got Tiger Woods to make the cut for at plus 125 this weekend. I had enhanced bets. I'll, use all those ones you can because it's basically free money right now. How many different sites did you sign up for? Uh, you know, we, how many were you enticed by to uh, get your free perks? I mean, I'm kind of – I was waiting more towards uh, baseball season. And so now I'm probably going to be signed up for six of them would be my guess. Yeah. I saw uh, was I saw Fanduel. Uh, this was a, was for Colorado specific, and it kind of makes sense because it was over week one of the NFL season, where I believe they're giving the you can back the Broncos up to fifty dollars, and I want to say they give you thirty points. Do you trust yeah. the Broncos to cover here? Yeah, I, I trust the Broncos to cover there. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but <laughs> most likely going to happen. Like, I mean, yeah, they they've given out tons of them. Like, I'm just looking at mine right now. I have I have the Avalanche to win the championship at eight or no 30 to one okay so i mean it's not a ton of money but like if you these things start to add up like they really start to add up so yeah i mean just make sure you use them like free money is free money it's interesting you mentioned the pelicans first because that's kind of where i want to start uh this is my favorite bet grant and i want to pitch it to you i want you to confirm i want you to deny tell me i'm wrong uh, I may try to find somebody to, <laughs> to wager this for me because, again, currently I'm in a, not in a state to do so. Of course, I'm just in an advisor role. But uh, the Pelicans right now, Grant, they are currently plus 300 uh, to make the playoffs. Well, to get the eight seed. Uh, and that's basically if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to get the eight seed. And the Pelicans uh, are basically battling for the eight seed with Memphis, with Portland. I guess you can say Sacramento. I guess you can say San Antonio and Phoenix and Dallas. Not Well, Dallas isn't going to fall all the way back. That doesn't make any sense there. I think 500 to 1 or 50 to 1 because they're going to get the seven seed. But, uh, Grant, we currently have Memphis in a good spot, well positioned to at least be in that play-in game. Now, uh, you know how this works, Grant, I assume. Uh, uh, if the eight seed is, has a lead of four games or more over the nine seed, they're just the eight seed in the playoff start. If it's four games or less, uh, they're going to have a play-in game. Eight plays nine. If eight beats nine, eight moves on. If nine beats eight, they play again. If nine beats eight, it's nine. So. What I'm playing on, uh, what, what I think is going to happen here, of course, Portland's in between as well, too. It's Memphis, Portland, New Orleans. Portland and New Orleans are kind of sort of neck and neck. But the NBA, stop me, uh, well, you know, chime in here at some point here, Grant. But the NBA wants, they want New Orleans to make this playoffs, right? They want to they wanna showcase some Zion? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They want that to happen. And I'm trying to place a bet right now on this. Um, guess I'll have to save it for later because apparently I can't do it while I'm on Zoom on my computer. <laughs> Didn't know. I've only ever used the app until now. Um, that sounds weird. But yeah, and I mean, like, 
I think it was Ian Hardwood, whatever his name is. I can never remember people's names because I'm not good at that. Uh, set, like, so they're three games out. Like, I think that if they're within four games by the end of it, they have to win twice, essentially, against the Grizzlies in a row in order to make it. Um, you sent me over something earlier, like 538 or whatever it is, uh, has them as a 38% chance to make the nine seed or eight seed. They have a 45% chance. According to 538 math-based organization, a 45% chance for New Orleans to get the eight spot, 37% chance on Memphis, 10% chance for Portland, despite the fact Portland has a slightly more favorable record right now against New Orleans. Portland is 29 and 37. Uh, New Orleans is 28 and 36. But the other part is uh, New Orleans and their real schedule, the one that was thrown away, obviously, because of COVID, uh, they had the most favorable schedule going down the stretch. And I suppose kind of sort of for that reason, that's why New Orleans ended up with the absolute best strength of schedule going forward in these eight games. Yeah, they faced the Clippers. Yeah, they faced Utah on opening night, which, by the way, opening night, they're being showcased on ESPN, I believe. But they're also facing all the other terrible teams. Uh, I think they got what Sacramento twice. Uh, they got Washington as well. I think they played Phoenix too. Uh, and Washington's going to be with is pretty much a guaranteed win for everyone. I'm pay, I'm going to try out for Washington. I'm going to give it a go. I think they're going to give me like ten minutes or so. <laughs> it's not going to go well, but yeah, Washington, of course, without. I mean, I think you can hold your own in um, IT2's place. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go well, but uh, if you want to play conspiracy theory, that the it's kind of sort of like the schedule was suggesting the Orleans you know, should have an easy schedule going forward as well, too. They're also healthy now, too. And, you know, they're a good team. I think they're the best team of this bunch as well, also. Um, no, basically, it's going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to them playing Memphis twice. And they beat Memphis twice this year already, for what it's worth. And I think they're favored in both those games. Like, of course, Memphis only has one, one of two. But, again, you're getting three to one on this, Grant. Give me three to one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, if you were saying, like – Three to one's not bad. If Memphis, if the Pelicans are actually the better team, if this were just a uh, straight up parlay of them beating the Grizzlies twice, I think it would come out to at minus one ten. It would be, come out to like a plus three hundred fa- or payout anyways. Them beating gr- the Grizzlies twice in a row, but like they're just straight up the better team. And I mean, I get that the Grizzlies are a bit more healthy now. I know Triple J was out, and then Dylan Brooks was on a real whatever the opposite of the heater is. But, I mean, in my opinion, yeah, the Pelicans are just the much, much better team right now. So, plus 300, I'm right there with you. I think that's probably the best futures bet for at least the eight seed. Um, and then, like, just looking at other futures bets for the championship winner, it, uh, I'm not seeing a ton, but I think my favorite one right now is probably the Clippers at plus 333. I mean, the Clippers just match up well against most teams like Paul George and Kawhi, like they're going to be rested, which is obviously the biggest problem for them when they're rested. I mean, the Clippers were already an eight seed last year prior to, or were they, they were like a six seed, something like that last year with just their second unit. And now their starting unit is probably the best in basketball, better than the Lakers even. And if Paul George and Kawhi actually stayed in shape during this time, which I would assume they would, because PG's pretty much like half rested the entire season and they'll have eight games to get into shape. Like being able to have PG and Kawhi out on the floor for a boatload of minutes, every single game during the playoffs is going to be massive. I think the Clippers are probably my favorite at plus 333. But I mean, if you want to go a little bit ballsy, Philly at plus 2800 is not the worst idea in the world. 
Yeah, I just want to walk us back just for a second. Just kind of a, you know, Portland, it's worth noting, I suppose. Uh, Zach Collins and Nurkic are expected to be back for them. So adding some depth there down low. Uh, I, I saw a picture of Carmelo. He looks like pretty spelt. I don't know if you saw Carmelo. He's kind of skinny uh, coming out of, uh, out of the, the COVID break uh, for what it's worth. But I'm, I'm still not afraid. I still like that, that three to one as far as New Orleans. And I, one more thing I wanted to say about that is that the best strength of schedule uh, went, went to New Orleans. I think it was fourth and fifth for Memphis is Portland as far as the worst when it comes to strength of schedule. Uh, of course, this was like a week ago or so before like new news is broken. And then I've not seen, uh, of course, Westbrook uh, with COVID. We're not really sure what's going to happen with him. Right before we started recording, there is news about uh, speculation with Harden. Uh, and it's not a great source. I don't want to put it out there necessarily, but it's worth noting. And maybe by tomorrow, this will be, I've gone away. Or maybe by tomorrow, it'll be common news. And like Shams will have reported that Harden has COVID as well. But who knows? Uh, keep an eye on all that kind of stuff. And yeah, as far as the Clippers and, you know, look, we always say as a basketball, right, Grant? Um, it's not like baseball. It's not like hockey. You just get in the playoffs and you get hot and anybody can win. Basketball, the best teams are going to win a massive percentage of the time in a seven-game series. But this is if this is the time to embrace chaos. Uh, I know you started you start with the Clippers, and the Clippers, for some reason, I feel like that line should be closer to the Lakers. I just I just don't agree that it's that much of a disparity. Uh, and as far I as mean, lines, you know, the reason behind that is people automatically bet on LeBron. It's not about what the actual odds are that much. It's more about like what people like want to do. There's a reason why the Patriots are always probably bigger favorites than they should be, even though they've covered a dramatic amount over the last seven years. There's a reason the Packers always have probably an extra one point add to their line because people want to bet on the Packers. People want to bet on the Cowboys. So certain teams just have an automatic tendency to have higher odds because more people are Lakers fans than anything else. So you have all the people putting in their $20, $30 bets on the Lakers to win the playoffs. So I think, more I think what, what about the whales though? What are the whales doing? I mean, the whales have there's a reason why it's not all the way over there um but like just such a drastic amount of bets people know bookmakers know that they're going to be betting on the teams that are the most well known and the lakers are the most well known lakers plus 240 clippers plus 333 and like i agree with you just from a numbers perspective i feel like that's basically a toss-up uh you can make the depth argument and again we don't know what these teams are going to look like in two months and change uh, who is in, who is out, what it's worth. Rondo's out six to eight weeks. Bradley's already out for the Lakers. They did have J.R. Smith. Um, I don't think I think they got used... Deion Waiters, didn't they? Do they have, did they miss Deion Waiters? Did they have, did they have both I think that guys? might have been a while ago. Uh, I can't, <laughs> Entire, I looked it up earlier. Like, it's been so long since I've seen any basketball. <laughs> well, I'm like, Deion... looking through the roster, I'm like, Deion Waiters is on there? Uh, yes, I, that is correct. If Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, what can go wrong? That's going to be. I'm sure LeBron's going to have a great time there. Um, and just look the depth, just like betting on depth. Like you said, the, the Clippers are a really, really deep team. You know, they can go eight or nine deep, even 10 deep. They need to, of course, the playoffs, you, you only play so many guys. Your starters play, basically play a bulk of minutes. But, you know, if Davis goes down, uh, you know, I don't want that to happen. But if it does, if Davis is out for whatever reason, if LeBron's out for whatever reason, the Lakers are going to be in pretty severe trouble. Like, I don't want to bet against LeBron either, but at some point it's like, well, who's his second best player of the team besides Davis that it's a lot of role players and not a lot of guys that can basically do things on their own. And then, you know, LeBron's going to be basically like, uh, like he was with the Cavs a few years ago. So uh, the losing teams when, you know, love and Kyrie were out and they lost like four, two or something like that. But uh, ex you want to expand as far as the Clippers? I know you kind of mentioned Philadelphia as well as kind of one of your darts and 
Uh, is that sort of embracing chaos or maybe just betting on Philadelphia, like getting it right and figuring it out? Because this is a team coming into the year that was one of the favorites there in the East. And, you know, they disappointed, let's say that. They, I mean, in the East, I think they're a six seed right now. Doesn't really matter. Just get to the playoffs and then figure it out and kind of peak then. And as far as just talent, not many more teams, especially in the East, there was much talent as Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, and they have some depth. I mean, one of the biggest things that we have to consider with this NBA format is some people are going to get Corona and some people are going to get it beforehand, like Westbrook got news of today. Like, and we don't know what the lasting effects are. Like with COVID, it, you can easily have like respiratory problems for lingering for weeks in basketball. Like baseball, it's not going to have affect you a ton and you'll be a little bit weaker but basketball when you're running up and down the court and playing 35 minutes a game a team like Toronto if any of their main players end up getting it and that's going to probably take a huge hit for them so like just kind of looking at the teams with a little bit more depth with a little bit more options like 76ers have guys that can take over um different spots that they need to but I mean the biggest thing is they didn't really figure out how to like how to play together too well. They don't have guys that can really create too many shots. So they've now have four months more to kind of figure out how they should be doing these things. And granted, they haven't been able to work together too much, but it's something they realized when the season was shut down, they're like, Hey, we have to work on this. So there's always a chance, like everyone else in the East, like I don't expect a ton out of Miami, the Pacers. I'm not expecting a ton out of the Nets, like aren't going to do anything. The Wizards are not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> And the Magic, like, ha the, the, the four teams I could see doing anything in the East are the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the 76ers. And honestly, like, the 76ers have enough talent just to get it done somehow in the playoffs. Plus, they've had a few injuries throughout the course of the season. They should have reseeded. I know this is not the point of the podcast, but, like, the idea that Brooklyn and Orlando are going to make the playoffs and, uh, you know, Memphis and Portland – in New Orleans, only one of those guys makes it. Come on, what are we, what are we doing here? Let's reseed. Let's have some fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Nets are just a free free square for whoever plays them. Yeah, and that's a whole other DFS conversation that we had off air as well too. Like Milwaukee, and they're up by seven games up on Toronto. Uh, you know, whoever they play in the first round, it's going to be a cakewalk, and they have no incentive to play their guys the first eight games either. Just kind of get in playing shape and just rest, rest a bunch of dudes, and uh, the minutes are going to be all over the place. To, I'm, it's going to be wild as far as Milwaukee, but my general oh, it's going, as far as It's going to be fun, like, depending on where they're playing at in the day. Because any given day, Bledsoe, Middleton, Giannis can sit. And then that just makes the other guys just automatic play. So planning things out are going to be hugely profitable. So, like, you say that, and first of all, you, me and you have a different definition of fun, because I don't think that's going to be fun. It might be, depending on if you land on the right place. Look, I've been waiting to work for months. I'm absolutely <laughs> ready to be stuck to my couch for 10 hours in a night. So here's the thing, though. Like, they can rest three players and still play, you know, 13 guys, and everybody gets 27 minutes. Like, that's another thing they could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, so I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Or we'll be disgruntled. And, uh, but, yeah. I, don't know I mean, we can figure it out and still be disgruntled. They're, they're not mutually exclusive. That's That feels like a package deal in the most likely scenario for sure. Um, but, yeah, Philadelphia uh, right now in the book is currently uh, scrolling 28-1. Uh, to uh, I think they're 9-1 to win the East, for what it's worth. A 28-1, to you can hedge out of nothing else, I imagine. I think I assume you can hedge out at 28-1. Yeah, sure, why not? 
Uh, we got Denver at 25-1. What do you think of uh, – well, Jokic, of course, had, had COVID. Um, you know, he looks skinnier as well. Yeah, I guarantee it did, did miracles for him. Well, that, it's funny because I was talking to Nicole about this, that Denver fan, and she was suggesting, that, like, maybe maybe it's a negative, just his size, because he used his girth. He used his body. You know, he's not a guy that, like, is known for – to be. he's not going to be distinctly faster – Right, so he used his body to get all his boards for positioning and things like that. So I mean, he did to an extent, him. but he also had trouble getting up and down the floor for a large portion of the season. That's that's an interesting way of looking at it too. So it's so um, it's a six month break. I'm not really expecting Joker to be in great shape, and you look at him and he looks in pretty good shape. Yeah, and again, like we don't know. I don't want to. I don't feel comfortable speculating how it's going to affect it. It's probably going to be different for each player and. You mentioned the Pacers. Uh, Brogdon is not back yet, I don't believe, but I suspect – I think he's supposed to come back. They talked – he had a COVID as well. Uh, Oladipo was out, and now today – I'm not sure if you saw it. They're saying he's questionable yeah. now. There's a report he may come back. Uh, I don't think it matters from, like, a gambling perspective. I don't think Indiana's in play, and that's what it sounded like you said as well, too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not betting on it. Even at 33-1 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference, I, I still don't really expect too much out of them. Yeah, my, you, you kind of – my Miami Heat kind of threw them away. For what it's worth, they had the hardest strength of schedule. Uh, and, again, these things don't matter too much because a lot of the – Strength of schedule position, doesn't matter for the Heat during the regular season. <laughs> oh, you're talking about, like, the basically teams flying in and they have the, the Miami – the South Beach flu, is that what they call it? No, I was, I was talking about the Heat are in the playoffs. Like, the, the, the East Conf, Eastern Conference is set. The Wizards are not making it. They don't – I think Beal already said he's out, right? Yeah, Beals, but I'm just talking about like jockeying for position. But like you said, they're almost – it's like four and five. There's no difference, right? <laughs> I guess Philadelphia's yeah. probably going to jump Indiana. Maybe we get a Miami-Philadelphia first round. That could be fun uh, as a Heat fan. We're going to lose most likely, but sure, it'll be entertaining if nothing else. Um, you know what's weird about Philadelphia is, you know, everybody talked about their home road splits this year. They were 29-2 and two at home, uh, which is amazing, and 10-24 and in the road. What are they in Orlando? <laughs> what's their Orlando splits? Uh, probably winning I assume I don't know I don't I, I can't remember I, I remember I used to look at a lot it's been months but I used to look at a lot of home road splits and yeah Miami was one of the more interesting ones last year and then entirely switched this year Miami 27 and 5 at home this year of course uh, especially when teams come in with an extra day to play in, uh, you know in South Beach uh, they tend to get sidetracked a little bit which makes a lot of sense as well. And Miami's a, a fairly good team. It's not good enough. Like I just, it's the unless re, unless you really want to embrace wonkiness, you really want to embrace chaos, and like the only team that kind of survives uh, a trickle down effect of some real wackiness, like Giannis is out for whatever reason, and maybe Pascal Siakam as well, and Tatum too, or something like that. But I suppose there's a scenario. Uh, what about Boston? We, we skipped over the Celtics. You mentioned them passing. As far as the odds on Boston, we're looking at. Uh, to win the title, seventeen to one. As far as the actual conference, Boston is seven to one. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'd rather go with the conference. Like, I think they have a better shot at being the Bucks than they do at being the Clippers or the Lakers. So, I mean, it's not quite the same odds, but like, I think that both Toronto, well, less so Toronto with COVID uh, put in there, just because of all the amount of minutes they have to play. Like, something goes around and they're just done for. Um, but like, Boston. I, I could easily see them being the Bucks in the playoffs. Like I could see a few teams being the Bucks in the playoffs, even though they've been great this year and now they're coming in fully rested and healthy. Like I'd say Boston's probably my favorite there uh, for to get the conference leader. Um, just cause like 
the difference between Boston, Toronto, Miami, when it comes to winning the conference, like Boston, it's the same as uh, Toronto and then only plus 200 more than uh, Philly. But you look at the actual conference winner and Boston's plus 1,700, Toronto's plus 2,200, and Philly's plus 2,800. So you're getting a lot more value at the conference yeah. winner than you are getting it for the champion winner. I mean, realistically, they're going to be a odds-on uh, dog probably at plus 180 going up against the Lakers or the Clippers. So you're probably better off betting Boston to be the conference winner and then betting Boston to beat the Clippers money line with all that. And if you parlay it like that, like I, I know a lot of people have talked about that a lot of times before, like just not actually taking the futures lines going with rather like betting on them to win the series each time. Yeah. Cause you can often find a whole lot more value, which is why I generally don't do futures a whole lot. I just basically bet on the onset of the uh, series and so I think that's a better way to do it with the Celtics. Like I think plus 700 still offers a decent amount of value uh, for the conference, but seven plus 1700 probably doesn't offer a ton of value for the overall championship, especially with the uncertainty that Corona has. And that's another one of those teams that are kind of a national team. You can make that argument, I suppose too, but you're right. Seven to one versus nine to one, like, you know, Boston versus Philly. And then you jump to the title 17 to one versus 28 to one, that number expands greatly. So you're much better off than taking Boston, probably at seven to one, just with Eastern Conference. Um, you, you mentioned like a bet, betting the uh, you know uh, the, the matchups, right? And let's say you like the team. Let's say you like Miami and they're playing against Philadelphia. Do you like to sit there and wait for like Miami and like hope Miami loses Game One so you can get like a great odds, uh, you know, your way for Game Two going forward? Like the, I mean, the entire it, contest, the entire uh, you know bracket, I guess. You could say. I mean, I feel like in the past that's largely been uh, based off of like who's home for game one, like, because <laughs> yeah. you, you lose a home or you lose a road game. Like you're, the odds are still going to change pretty drastically, but it's also something you kind of expected. Whereas with this, like there's no home road splits. Like it, it doesn't really make too like no game. No team has a home away edge. The first few games, like a team like the 76ers, they have their first game on the road. They're most likely going to lose it. They just have to take one on the road and they're so dominant at home that, they still probably you're better off betting after the first game, but like with the bubble and everything, it's really not offering you a distinct advantage to kind of wait in that scenario for this. I don't know why I couldn't figure out the term matchup. I'm saying bracket. Well, why couldn't I figure out like the concept of two teams playing each other at best of seven? I guess I'm all rusty or something like that, Grant. It's uh, almost we like we haven't box? seen sports in months. <laughs> I'm not making any excuses. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're going to bet on the Bucks, you just bet on them at plus 250 win championship, although I'm not a huge fan of it, just if you're in belief that they will not crumble a little bit like they did last year and they are legitimately the best team as their record would suggest, then you bet on the Bucks to win the championship, but you, I don't think you bet on them to win the conference. I like Boston 7-1 to and I like Philadelphia 28-1 uh, to one to win the, uh, the, whole, the whole deal. Uh, Milwaukee, I just don't like with 167 minus 167 to win the conference. Yeah. Eh, not not exciting. I wouldn't uh, even give them a full toss up to win the conference. You wouldn't take even odds. I mean, I probably would take even odds, but yeah. I mean, I guess uh, the main thing is they're either going through like Toronto and Boston are going to play each other in the semi conference semifinals. Milwaukee is going to get Miami or the 76ers. Probably the 76ers, but who knows? We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to come down to Milwaukee, Boston, 
Toronto versus either Miami or Philadelphia. Did I say that correctly? No, I didn't. Yeah, never mind. Doesn't matter. We'll move on. <laughs> I think you. What said about any it. of the any interest in any of the Eastern or the Western Conference guys outside of the LA teams? Like the Rockets sitting there at plus seven hundred. I don't think that offers quite enough value there. I mean, they can beat pretty much any team just the way they play basketball. They can beat or lose to any team. Like they can lose to the Thunder. They can lose to anyone. Like. Dallas has been playing was playing great basketball when they had both Luca and Porzingis on the floor and Porzingis really came together this second half of the season once he was a little bit healthier and he learned to play a little bit better with Luca. I mean plus 1400 though I'm I'm all right with that just not great. The Nuggets like 1200 seems like a decent line for how deep they are and how good of a team they are and considering how much trouble they had when they had all those injuries for weeks and you had guys like I can't even remember his name point guard. We had a we had a conversation about this. I did Murray. Uh, it wasn't even Mur- Murray wasn't playing. Like they 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 were down a ton of guys early February. Um, so like they're they were playing great basketball when everyone's together and they play great defensively when they're in a healthy group. But plus twelve hundred, I think a large amount of Denver's advantage is the fact that they play in high altitudes. So playing over in Miami, conditioning's really not that much of an advantage for them anymore. Yeah, for what it's worth, I saw a note before we started recording that MPJ is not there just yet, not in Orlando, just yet for whatever reason. And same thing with uh, Gary Harris, I believe. Uh, Gary Harris, what happened to that dude? Like, it feels like he's regressed for multiple years. I, he had a leg injury. Maybe he hasn't fully recovered from that. Not really sure what's going on there. But I wonder uh, if they'll actually play MPJ a little bit more during this time. Like, just get it. He's obviously more recovered after an extra four months, I have to assume. Someone his age stuck inside is probably just going to practice a whole lot, realizing he probably needs to play for a big contract after this. And this is a perfect spot for him to do it. So, I mean, Denver still though, at 12 to 1 to win the Western Conference. I, I don't know if I'm going to go with that. Saw this pre-show as well, too, of Philadelphia reporting that uh, Ben Simmons is going to play a bunch of four, apparently. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that hurts a guy like Horford, I suppose. Uh, I'm always curious. Well, Horford to see was they- coming off the bench for a while. Like, I, that, that, that was basically how the rotation went. Yeah, but I, and I think he said uh, – I want to say there was, he said he wasn't feeling healthy. There's some kind of comment that came out basically explaining why he's been terrible. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, improved. It's worth noting. We'll kind of dig into that as DFS creeps up. And uh, I can't really say what exactly uh, – you know, Horford feels like a guy that's on the back end of his career still pretty solid, but just not as good as he used to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, plus, like, he was doing great off the second unit. He was like, they need to have a little bit more depth. Shake Melton came in and actually performed pretty well. They needed someone in there who could actually create their own shot. Like, Shake probably helps out, especially with Horford coming off the bench. And then Richardson was just all over the place and couldn't shoot at all. Um, plus, they don't really need that much height in the starting unit. So having Horford off the bench there is probably not the worst idea in the world. And playing Simmons at the four. Not a terrible idea. By the way, can I just throw this one out here? Uh, this is opening night, New Orleans versus Utah. Do you know what the line is in this game? Uh, what was it? Utah plus four and a half? Uh, no, they're plus two and a half, and I think it's moved. Uh, I want to say New Orleans is like minus one and a half, minus two earlier. Now it's minus two and a half. But, look, uh, I'm sticking to the narrative that uh, they want New Orleans to win this game. Utah, they've lost Bogdanovich. Uh, Gobert and Mitchell clearly don't seem to like each other or get along, however you want to say it. But I, think I don't think much of the NBA likes Gobert right now, considering. He, well, that's, he, that's a whole weird – it's worth talking about. It's so odd because you can kind of – intentionally, unintentionally, 
maybe he saved lives. You could make that argument too, right? Like, yeah. He started the whole – maybe he had a stupidity. He was just clowning around having fun. Like, I don't think he was intentionally trying to infect people, you know? But uh, it's a whole other conversation. But, like, you could spit it and say – I mean – Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people were really stupid back then. Um, yeah, he was touching on the microphones, obviously, and just kind of – and, like, the, the room laughed for what it's worth. Like, the media room yeah. thought that was funny. But I guess maybe that's just, like, an awkward laugh. I don't know. We're getting sidetracked. Uh, the point is – uh, New Orleans on opening night, Grant. They're gonna beat Utah. That's the first game out the gate. The very they're featuring the Utah Jazz. No, they're featuring the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion and Drew and Lonzo. I like the Pelicans minus two and a half. And Ingram and Favors. Don't forget everyone. Ingram was playing. Yeah. I didn't want to keep. Ingram was playing better basketball than Lonzo was. Well, I mean, he's a big name though, Lonzo. No. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just throwing the bet out there. I, I don't know. I, I like I like uh, New Orleans minus two and a half. Yeah, I almost I almost threw that bet down too, but I don't Do, know. Uh, still got plenty of time. The Clippers and the Lakers. The problem with this, it's the back half of the doubleheader and opening night. The problem with this is the game doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess yeah. well, it matters. It matters more to the Clippers, I suppose, because they're still battling for the two spot. But the Lakers are, what, five games up on the Clippers? They're not going to lose five games in an eight-game stretch. Like, that's just not going to happen. I mean, you know, uh, outside of something really, really goofy, which I suppose is possible, but you know what I mean. So you say, you say that the Clippers are still fighting for seeding. But let's be honest. It doesn't matter if they're the two or the three seed. They don't care. Yeah, because they don't know if they're going to play Houston or Dallas or OKC. I mean, Yeah, they just don't want to play the Lakers um, before the championship. So, so, yeah, it's a weird one. Like, do you think coaches will try to, like, run their best rotations there? It's the first game back, and it's a weird – I don't know how that's going to work. I want to – we need to hear some, hear some uh, coach speak on that one. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think, like – I don't think the Clippers, like, a team that's notorious for not playing their starters <laughs> and a team that has tons of depth and can still, like, without Kawhi or Paul George, beat most teams. Yeah, uh, and we've seen stretches this year with George. Like, they babied him and, like, played him, like, 27 minutes, 26 minutes. And that was more when he first came out, and then they started, like, playing him almost 30 and still resting him yeah. fairly often. They've had a lot of blowouts, too, and Doc is one of those guys. He's, he doesn't have, like, that sweep-the-leg D'Antoni mentality where he doesn't take Harden out to, like, the last whistle with, like, three minutes to go, and they're by 37 points or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so let's clean up our thoughts here as far as the futures. Uh, Western Conference. Do you want the actual Western Conference? Or do you want to talk about the title? Uh, I mean, the actual Western. I, I, I mean, even the title. Like, I, I just don't know if there's anyone I really want to bet on outside of the Clippers or even the Lakers. Like, I mean, we look at it. I'm Dallas. Maybe at forty to one is not the worst idea in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but Houston at plus twelve hundred. To win, like I, I think they have the best shot at beating the Lakers or the Clippers or both, but it's just not a bet I really want to make. It just doesn't seem worth it. Have them having to get lucky versus both the Lakers and the Clippers, I don't know if that's going to entirely happen. I mentioned this qualifier earlier in the show about Harden. I'm, I'm uh, hard at work here on the Twitter machine, and apparently, at least somebody's debunking and saying that that's not true about him having Corona. Which again, I didn't. The source wasn't great either, so that's why I put the asterisk by it. 
uh, as of right now, it does not look like uh, Harden has. I'm not going to be surprised if Harden's picked up a lot of viruses over the years, but <laughs> okay. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not fully uh, convinced that he has. How do grown. you think, out of curiosity, what would be your best guess on how we would have acquired those? Um, I would I would guess that it was probably an exotic dance club, I think yeah. is what they're called. Gentlemen, Funniest, funniest thing throughout Corona was there's a place out here right in a Target parking lot that is one of those places. And there are like seven virus-free stages. I'm like, maybe coronavirus, but not other ones. This is in a Target uh, parking lot? Yeah, yeah. No, strangely enough, and it's the only place you can drink after 2 a.m. in Denver. Okay. Well, I mean, if ever I'm in town, I'll, I'll yelp it. You got you got a couch I can crash on? Yeah, um, but you're going to have to shower after you go there. Well, I mean, I, why would I not shower? I don't know. <laughs> you think that's like a deal breaker for me? Like, well, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting you know. Although I don't know if I'd trust my couch. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, and final thoughts as far as basketball before we pivot over to baseball. Um, you know, it's I, I I was hoping for some wonkiness. I was hoping for some random darts and I don't know, man. You're, you're giving me the you're giving me the Clippers. We talked Boston a little bit when when the East. You're not embracing chaos, the possibility of chaos at least. I mean, the main thing is like I don't want to do the Lakers because if they lose LeBron, they're done. They're they're not making it. Like, sure. Not a chance. If the Clippers lose PG or Kawhi, I still think they got a shot. And then I mean, my main thing is like to probably stay away from Toronto with how much they play their guys. Because we don't know if any of them had corona. We don't know if there's any lasting side effects. We don't – if any of them do get corona, that's a huge amount of minutes that they have to get rid of. Whereas the Celtics have a bit more depth and, like, they have – what? They have Brown. They have Tatum. They have Hayward, who's probably going to be a bit more healthy now. They have Smart. They have a lot of guys that can take over a lot of minutes. And they have Smart had corona, depth. right? Am I making that up? I feel like that happened. I think he had corona, but I think he was one of those guys. So the biggest thing – I'm not a doctor. This is not doctor advice, although – I know far too many doctors um, like the ones that are typically asymptomatic don't really experience and don't have any underlying conditions are more likely to not have any lasting effects. Whereas guys like Von Miller is still feeling it because he has asthma. Um, so a lot of asymptomatic people doesn't really affect them, but the guys that are like, yeah, no, I do not feel great. So like go bear who was vomiting on the sidelines and having trouble breathing. Um, probably not a guy that you can trust to have fully recovered if he would have gotten it recently. Uh, Kemba Walker expected back, but they did talk about it possibly as minutes being limited early. I forgot uh, he played for the Celtics. Man, it's been a while. <laughs> I'm like, I'm missing someone in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't think it matters. Again, like, just as long as he's, quote, unquote, he's fine after the eight games, the playoffs start. Like, he's a guy that'll just kind of get in playing shape, I assume, and, it's not a big deal. And jockeying for position there in the East is not that much of a, you know, uh, probably going to get the three spot, um, you know, and we'll see. Maybe the face, uh, well, I'm not going to speculate on that necessarily. But the, uh, we would talk about this in the pre-show. The best games, we're gonna say, as far as actual games to watch, will be like two through seven, like three through seven in the West. Denver, Utah, OKC, Houston, Dallas. They're all within, what, three games of each other. Uh, that, do you that's going to be a lot yeah, of fun to watch. Do you think the Thunder or the Jazz have a shot at all? No, I mean something really. Unless we have a bunch of cases, uh, but no. Like I mean, a, a realistic shot outside of extreme wonkiness. Those are my two least favorite teams, under the assumption that New Orleans gets the eighth spot. Who do you think is more assumption. likely if the Pelicans get in, 
Who do you think is more likely to make it to the championship, the Pelicans, the Jazz, or the Thunder? Well, the problem is the Pelicans face the Lakers, so they're The problem down. is that um, the way the bracket works, everyone has to face either the Lakers, the Clippers, or both. Yeah. So the Pelicans just happen to be doing it earlier. Yeah. I mean, if you have to face them, you never know what you're going to get in the first round, I suppose, where teams aren't necessarily all finally tuned up. And I think that – isn't that how it goes? Like the bracket is actually a set bracket like March Madness and not you just play the next closest seed? Are they? I, I don't think they're reseeded. This is something I feel like we should know. But I don't I'm, I'm they fairly certain they're not. I'm fairly certain that they are not reseeded like in football. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But like, I, yeah, Utah, I'm not buying Utah. No Bogdanovich and like that team chemistry is whatever. And that team also is one of those teams that's, I don't know, they're 41 and 23, but I, I never totally bought them. Uh, OKC feels like a team that uh, has tremendously just, you know, been outplayed their, their talent. You know, SGA's had a pretty good season. Chris Balls, 35-year-old point guard. Uh, you know, he caught a fish today, apparently. Good for him. But uh, Impressive. <laughs> I saw, like, Instagram or Twitter or something like that. I thought uh, about learning how or starting to fish during quarantine. And then, I don't you know, know fish. It's, I it's, didn't. Yeah. You I look mean, like a guy that was at a fish, though. I would, I would oh, believe yeah. you know how to fish. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not a great fisher. I don't have the patience. <laughs> I just end up sitting in the boat and drinking beer, which is... <laughs> Guaranteed way to take a nap when you get back at like 10 in the morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Those are like two of my least like OKC and Utah outside. I mean, I'd much rather play on Houston and play on that three point variance where they can beat anybody. If the three pointers are falling their way, uh, Dallas, at least they have two studs, you know? Uh, so I, I prefer Dallas over Utah and OKC as well, despite whatever they, uh, they're currently in the seventh spot. But again, we already talked about that. It doesn't really matter so much. And New Orleans, I think they would give the Lakers a battle. I'll say that. Like, they'll steal a game or two. I, 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 I'm I, honestly still, like, not going to be surprised if New Orleans ends up beating the Lakers. And the other part is, again, it's 3-1 to one for New Orleans to even get in, for what it's worth. Like, yeah. it might be Memphis. If it's Memphis, the Lakers are beating Memphis. I love yeah, Triple I'm, J. I, I'm giving happen. Memphis no shot. Whereas, Zero chance. Yeah, whereas the Pelicans, like, their record does not reflect how good they are because – of all the injuries they've had through like the Pelicans healthy. I would put well above the jazz or the thunder. I would give Portland a better chance than Memphis to beat the Lakers. Oh yeah. But like, that's still not very high. That's not saying much. Well, they also had uh, a lot of injuries too. Plus they had at one point, Melo was taking the majority of their shots, which is never a good sign. Is that a bad strategy? <laughs> I've heard it's not great. The dodgeball announcers are like, uh, What's what's the uh, bold strategy? Cotton? That's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> they again, they are getting back, uh, and they're talking about. I, I, saw, I heard speculation. Are they going to play Whiteside alongside uh, Nurkic or Collins as well? It's going to be weird how they, those big man rotation there for Portland. I can't imagine three. like with even Nurk coming back. I can't imagine playing more than twenty minutes. No, he, he's a he's a big dude coming back from a terrible injury. Yeah. I wouldn't think they'd run him to the ground, but like you know, if nothing else, that's depth to that team and Collins yeah. as well. But uh, g- g- give me your final thoughts on basketball before we th- throw some baseball stuff out there. Boston to win the Eastern Conf- Conference, Clippers to win the championship. If you really want to throw a dart, I mean, I've got nothing. Like, just be cognizant of team depth because Corona can throw a wrench in every single team's plans outside of a few that just have a bunch of depth. Yeah, that's why we like. That's why we like the Clippers. That's one of the big reasons why I like the Clippers. And yeah, why I like the Clippers and why I like Boston. 
Yeah, and the Clippers can sustain a loss to, to Paul George much quicker or much easier, I guess you can say, than the Lakers can sustain a loss to LeBron or Davis. And that's yeah. just that's why I don't get that line. I know you explained as to where it's at because the Lakers are this public team. And there's probably a bunch of money on them from the beginning of the year when people were speculating about Davis coming over and all that. I would imagine it has something to do with it as well, too. But all right, let's jump over, jump over and talk some baseball. We did talk baseball yesterday at Cardi from Vegas' perspective as well, too, at the end of that podcast, if you guys are interested in hearing it. Uh, let's see, MVP, Cy Young, home run leader. Let's talk MVP first. Let's jump in the American League. Uh, Mike Trout at 2-1. to one. We, we hated that number. Uh, for it's multiple- so terrible. <laughs> Go on, tell me why it's terrible. Well, first of all, we talked about this earlier. He's popping out a kid. I don't know oh, exact. A proxy. Huh? His wife is popping. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> this isn't Junior. Okay, fantastic movie, by the way. <laughs> I know you like DeVito, so I figured you get the reference. <laughs> also a big Arnold fan. But yeah, like Trout is not a guy that, like, first of all, 40 of the 60 games are being played within your own division. And so they have to play against Oakland, not a great stadium to play in. Seattle, especially at this time of year, not a great stadium to play in because it's like it's going to go all the way, what, until the end of September and I mean, Seattle's beautiful, but it's not the best hitting environment, although it's decent for home runs. Um, like at Houston, not the best stadium, although who knows if they're going to have the dome open or closed uh, <laughs> because that's another thing we have to realize. Like, we don't know what states are going to allow people in, so we don't know if the like, I assume if people are allowed in, they're probably going to be more apt to leave the dome open just because that'll help prevent the spread, although who knows? I don't. I'm, I'm not a scientist, but – like, just off the top of my head, those are things I have to worry about. So, Mike Trout's not going to be playing in great parks. He may be the best player, but he's not going to be playing in great parks just because he's playing so much of the year in his own division. Um, so, like, for MVP, Trout at plus 200 when he may miss anywhere from three to 12 games. To 60. Yeah. Like, he still yeah. might not play. Yeah. So, Trout at plus 200, like, any 60-game sample size – there is 20 to 30 different people that can actually win the MVP. Like you take different 60 game sample sizes last year and almost 80% of them trouts not winning MVP. And so you look at the guys that can definitely get hot. The guys that can definitely go on a tear over a small sample size. Like we know Jose Ramirez is a guy that started off terrible last year. And then he went on a bit, bit of a heater. He's a guy that can go just absolutely out of his mind for a short period of time. He's not a guy that, I hate at 25 to one a guy like Chapman who gets so much done on the defensive end. I'd think about it a little bit more if it weren't for that same division problem that we have. Um, I mean, honestly, JD Martinez potentially, but I mean, he's not really fielding and I don't know if I want to go with him. Like my favorite, even though he plays in these park is probably Otani at plus 3000. Like the guy's going to be, he's one of the better hitters in the league. Before he got injured, he was one of the better pitchers in the league. And he's had just enough time where Tommy John should be almost entirely healed. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot of practice going on. But he's reported, I'm assuming, um, if I remember correctly. And, like, some guys come back from Tommy John's actually better because their UCL is actually stronger. So, Otani playing both ways, like, they can probably play him – a little bit more because of the way the schedule is this season. So Otani at 30 to one, I don't think is a terrible bet this year. 
I, uh, I made this argument yesterday to Cardi. Tell me what you think of it. Uh, well, first of all, uh, one argument, uh, the Astros have to be clearly the better players. If it's a tie, they're out. The Astros are not getting MVP, correct? I mean, sometimes that's the case. Like, but yeah. I mean, with Alvarez, with Bregman, with Altuve, with Springer, uh, it, it's unlikely that any of them end up with the MVP. Yeah, and this other argument was a 60-game season as opposed, to, as opposed to 162 games. 162 games, you're going to see some eye-popping, like, season-long stats. You're going to see 48 homers with 140 RBIs and 110 runs and whatever, 310 batting average, whatever. Like, people still care about these things when it comes to awards and all that. Um, and a 60-game season, Grant, we're going to see – I don't know, 19 homers, 67 RBIs, uh, 60 runs. It's not going to be eye-popping, although, like, if you, like, mapped it out and, like, you, oh, you uh, – Yeah, you know, if, if you, you multiply season, it by, what, 2.6, then you're going to have some ridiculous numbers. Yes, but it's still, like, not jumping off the page, which is the counter-argument. Uh, what might happen in a small sample, starting pitchers are going to pitch 12 times, maybe 13 times. In a 12-game sample, a starting pitcher like Garrett Cole – could for real have an ERA of like 0.8. Like that's a thing that could happen. Uh, and if you see a 0.8 ERA, I know we don't have a big sample size of the pitchers getting MVPs. And of course they have their own war with Cy Young, which we'll talk about in a second. But if it's going to happen, why can't it happen in this season? Uh, why can't Garrett Cole at 50 to one, like, again, he had to be like basically perfect, more or less perfect. Uh, but you're getting 50 to one on it. And he only has to do it for 11 to 12 games, I suppose. The Yankees in theory get into the, you know, the playoffs and all that too. Uh, like your small sample size, the pitching numbers, the point is the pitching numbers have a better chance to pop as opposed to the hitting numbers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's just the way it goes. And pitchers are obviously more likely to get injured throughout the course of the season for blisters or anything else. There's a short period of time injuries. So it's always possible that a guy like Cole, a guy like Verlander, a guy like any of these guys end up uh, pitching a little bit more than they should. Plus, like, in a shortened season where every game counts more, I would assume that a lot of teams with bad bullpens are going to allow their pitchers to go a little bit deeper than they normally would because they're also not going to have as much accumulated wear and tear throughout the course of the season. Cole, probably not as much because Yankees have a great bullpen, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Um but I don't know. I'm trying to look through these. So odds. what's going to happen, Grant? We're having a rosters the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I believe it's to the 15th. I want to say maybe it's three weeks of the season. Whatever it is, they start. They're starting off with. Oh man, did I have it reversed now? I think they start with 30. Is that correct? They start with 30 men. Uh, okay, roster size this season will start at 30 players until the 15th day of the season. Then move to 28 players until the 28th day. And then 26 players for the remainder of the season. So I think we're going to see. Uh, at least the three, four, and five in the rotation, that, then getting the hook kind of early because there's going to be plenty of bullpen arms. I guess that's what's going to happen here. Not I mean, so yes and no. Like, I think in the AL, it probably is going to be. But remember, we have the universal DH now, so there's yeah. not going to be nearly as many swaps. So a guy in the AL who gets continually swapped out for uh, a hitter, like depending on where it's at in the game, a guy like Max Scherzer, uh, who continually, like, they ver- they didn't do it a ton, especially since they had a terrible bullpen. But he could be in for an extra, what, 10% of innings? And again, that's across the board in the NL, so it's a little bit different. But uh, pitchers that tend to get sw- – Dodgers pitchers, for instance, mm-hmm. probably get a pretty big bump. 
Oh, yeah. My argument is for the front-end pitchers. The back-end pitchers, I think, get the hook quicker. But the front-end pitchers become that much more elite. And that, I mean, isn't it a 25-man roster, and aren't they able to call up new arms all the time? Okay, so it's a 30-man roster until the 15th day of the season. Then it moves to a 28-player roster on the 20, after the 20th day, and then it becomes a 26-player roster for the rest of the season. And I'd assume most of those guys, I'm guessing, are mostly arms. I, and I don't know how quickly they can move them up and move them down. Like this guy's fresh, this guy's not fresh, move them down. I don't, I don't even know if they've even outlined that yet. But my guess is it's going, to do, it's going to accentuate how much better the Coles and the Scherzers of the world are than the fours and the fives. And they're going to separate even that much more. Yeah, but even that, like, hitters can go on massive streaks. Like, I mean, you look at two weeks into the season and you'll see a guy like, I don't know, Preston Wilson back in 2008. Preston Wilson. Was leading the league in RBIs by like 20. Oh, he had like, a, what, 140 or maybe 160 in Colorado? Yeah, he led year? that year, but he started off the season like four home run lead and I think 15 RBIs up on the next po- closest person 30 games into the season. We see it every single year. Like I remember what was it? Luis Gonzalez was known for being great the first half of the season, terrible the second half of the season. So you can get these guys with first half stats that are like mind-blowing pace. Like Reese Hoskins, uh, rookie year, 50 games, 20 home runs. Like that's – so in a 60-game season, we can assume that he'd have, what, a 20% or 19% increase, which would be close to 24 well, he's got—he's falling back. I mean, obviously, maybe pitchers adjusted to him, and their power is still there. But I mean, he also waited on a few more pitches, and he had a change to his swing over the off season. You know, I love me some Reese's pieces. I know. <laughs> We're not even on the NL yet, and you're still talking—you're already talking Reese Hoskins. Uh, Boomstick Nelly Cruz is 125 to one. That was the one we talked about. That was kind of interesting. The problem is, like, the people who vote on him MVP probably take into account defense a little bit more. I mean, when was the last time we saw a DH win? MVP. Uh, David Ortiz, maybe? I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm, I don't follow these things very well. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I think it was like David Ortiz and maybe Edgar Martinez back in the early 2000s. He was awesome. Uh, yeah. anyway, there has been a precedent set as far as pitchers. We talked about this before the show as well, too. Pitchers winning the, uh, the MVP. Dennis Eckert said he did it. Clemens did it. And there was somebody else. Was it Verlander? There's some other guy that recently, not too long ago. There was Clemens, Verlander, and Eckersley, and then that was the every single one of them since 2000 or since 1986. And then Kershaw came close with a 1.7 ERA in 2014. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just opening up to the possibility of the possibility. And again, 80 to one on Verlander. Uh, Verlander can absolutely have a 0.8.9 ERA after 12 games. Uh, and are they and, using juice balls again? Well, we don't know. That's, not That's something the thing. They, if they, they're not using they juice balls, <laughs> they, they don't publicly announce like just, just so everybody knows, uh, the ball is juiced this year. Thank yeah, you. well, I'm saying if they don't end up using it, then Verlander, biggest problem was home runs. He probably is one mm-hmm. of the biggest beneficiaries because of his high fly ball rate. Uh, Jose Ramirez, 25 to 1. Anything else kind of sort of somewhat interesting here? Gallo, I, I saw a few decent ones. Um, oh, Meadows at 66 to 1 is kind of interesting. Yeah, Meadows is definitely a good one to consider there. Uh, Sano, I know that he hasn't done great did great recently but the dude still just hits bombs corona as well but i mean we don't know assuming he's fine yeah i mean i think it's far enough ahead of time and i haven't like it i'd I'd look before i place a bet i'd look more into it um 
but he wouldn't be a bad one. Looking at a lot of the guys in the Yankees division, because you're playing in Boston, you're playing in New York, and you're playing in Toronto and Baltimore. Like, that's the best – when they 66% of their games are being played in good ballparks. I feel like I'm missing one team there. Toronto, Boston, New York, Orioles. Uh, the Rays, Orioles Rays are, are the Rays a terrible are, schedule. I know. It's more about the park and the fact that they're going to be playing the Orioles pitching a whole lot is going to be – fairly advantageous although there's some decent pitching in the rest of the uh division but like looking at guys in that division is probably not the worst idea in the world and i mean any one of them can end up making the wild card or not but like just looking at guys that can get on a real heater i mean judge first 50 games in the league was just crushing it so playing in bit good ballparks is going to be very advantageous. You're betting on health. You're talking about those Yankee guys, right? Judge and, and Stanton. You yeah, which it. health is less of a concern over 60 games than it is over 162 games. We should say for what it's worth, Cardi, uh, the bat out there talking about the teams that benefit most based upon the 60-game schedule. Uh, it's the, a lot of the central teams. Uh, the Reds are, are, have a big benefit. The Cardinals, the Cubs, the Indians, the Twins, which makes a lot of sense as well, too, picking on some terrible teams there. Uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, as far as the teams that are hurt the most, uh, I'm segueing here. I'm stalling because I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, well, I don't have it up in front of me. <laughs> I, I failed the listeners. Do you have to have that in front of you or no? Probably What'd not. What did you just ask? The teams that uh, the 60-game schedule hurts the most. I think Baltimore is one of the teams that hurts the most. Yeah, well, I'm not From really... a winning perspective, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really uh, betting on Baltimore to make the playoffs. <laughs> And, I mean, it, it seems like a pretty pretty bad team to bet on. I mean, look, uh, baseball variance is weird. It's a 60-game schedule. so It could be a Chris Davis sample, hits an actual 50-home run year again. I think that happens every few years. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out there and it's like six, 16 home runs or something like that. And that's like yeah. 190 for whatever. Who cares about that, right? Uh, let's talk about the uh, the MVP in the National League. Uh, Bats at plus 550. Bellinger plus 700. For what it's worth, Bellinger I saw today. Apparently, he changed his swing. I don't know why, but maybe he thinks he can improve it. It was already really good. Looks a little weird, but it gets the job done. Acuna, 9-1. Arenado at 18-1. Soto at 10-1. Yelich at 7-1. Harper, 18-1. Stop me if anything's going to do anything for you. Anything sort of jump out amongst those guys, or you're more into the darts like the long shots? Again, with Corona and any number of things that can happen, I'm probably a little bit more into the long shots. like Reese Hoskins. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was I was gonna wait to get to that, but Reese Hoskins is definitely uh, sixty six to one. Like maybe this uh, swing change is gonna be beneficial for him. I mean, we saw what he did at the beginning of the year, and I think there was one point where like the main thing with him is he takes way too many pitches. But uh, like he if he's not being terribly patient, he can he can just absolutely crush it. I, I I'm I'm very very jaded, um, so I won't get too far into it, but Reese is a good one. Uh, Tatis can absolutely just hammer a whole bunch of, uh, whole bunch of balls out of the yard during a I short I think they have seven game. games in cores. I could be wrong, but I feel like they have seven games in cores field. They have seven games in cores and there's the potential that, uh, Arizona is going to have the dome open, uh, because of everything. Although with the way Arizona is going right now with cases, yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they weren't allowed to play anyone there. But the problem is that, He's still playing a lot of games in L.A., San Francisco, and in San Diego. So, like, that's probably not the best place to be picking on someone. 
um, or the best division to be picking on someone who's a batter. It's probably more beneficial for pitchers. Uh, they, but NL East, NL Central, NL West kind of is pretty much even like it's only really the AL where that matters too much because like the AL East has a clear advantage over every other division because there's only one bad ballpark in the bunch and the other four are four of the best places for hitters in the majors. I mean, I think Boston's number two, Toronto's number six, especially if the dome's open. Uh, Yankees is like number 10. I think, I think almost all of them are in the top 10, if I remember correctly. Um, but national league, like Coors division, you still have the best, you have the best and the worst ballpark that you're playing a lot of games in and El central. Most of them outside of the wind and Wrigley and the brewers, and Great American Ball Smart Park are all fine, but yeah, then you have the Pi- Peco, not Peco, uh, Pirates Park. I can't even remember the name; it's been so long. Uh, that's, Sorry, I don't know that. Gosh, Siri is <laughs> just jumping in and cutting you off. Gosh, every time I hate her so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then the NLE is like Shea or City Field, I guess. Shea, what year are you in? It's been a while. <laughs> like Marlins, not great ballparks. Braves, Nationals are above average, and Phillies right near the middle. Like the the NL, every single division has fairly consistent ballparks, whereas the American League it's very different. So I don't look. I'm not looking too much into ballparks outside of like obviously the Rockies have a distinct advantage because they play half their games at home, but it's the same every single year. So I'm not looking into ballparks too much just because it kind of evens out over on the NL. So Tatis is a guy that I like Machado. Like if he goes back to how he used to be, he's always in consideration. Alonzo, especially the fact that Mets have one of the most favorable, um, you want whoever's going to win MVP. You want to have them make the playoffs because what, who was the last guy to win MVP without making the playoffs? I think it was a rod with the Texans. Texas not Rangers. Texans, Texas Rangers. Gosh darn. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> Corona has not been great to me. Oh man. Oh man. Let's uh, let's move, let's pivot to the NL Cy Young. Uh, Degrom's the favorite at three and a half to one. Scherzer's four to one. Bueller. Bueller is eight to one. Uh, Flaherty as well is eight to one. Strass at twelve. Um, I don't know. Anybody there to kind of jump out for you? I think Darvish is kind of interesting at twenty to one. The way he closed the season last year was just really really impressive. Uh, a, a shortened season shouldn't hurt a guy like Paddock, who it kind of gets babied a little bit. So I, 33 to one, I don't mind that as a long shot. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Trevor Bowers won me over with his with his Twitter game, just his YouTube game. He's doing pretty good. I, I, <laughs> you know, we we are wrong to like, a lot of people got blocked by Trevor Bauer. It wasn't me. I don't, have you been blocked by Bauer or you don't know? I have not been blocked by Bauer. 20 to one, I'm Bauer. I don't mind that. Uh, do you like something chalky here? Or you like throwing some darts? Uh, I would probably like DeGrom or Scherzer if it weren't a worry that one of them would like, because any I want to go with the longer shots because of what can happen in a shortened season where anyone can get sick at any given time. So I'd like to go with the longer shots. Darvish, obviously, like you look at his full season numbers, they were good, but they weren't great. But he had a horrific walk rate for the first half of the season, then brought it all together. And he's got in the past that's shown some incredible stuff. So I like that call at 20 to one there. I think that's definitely a good one to go with. The guys that I'm probably looking at most in the lower range are Kershaw and Bueller, just because the Dodgers, they always yank guys early. Like we, a guy like Scherzer, they'll just let play until the end. A guy like DeGrom, they'll let play for a really long time. And it's because they don't have great bullpens and they have plenty, 
and they don't have guys that they can really throw in too often to pinch hit for, whereas the Dodgers have, what, eight guys that they can throw in based on a lefty or righty matchup, and they've always done that. But with a universal DH, it's no longer the case. So Bueller and Kershaw would probably be the two chalkiest ones that I would want to go for because they're probably right online with De- or close to online with DeGrom and Scherzer. So I think that both of them are pretty decent guys to go with. It, it's so, hard yeah. to see a team running away with it, like in a 60-game sample. But I also have a hard time seeing Arizona, Colorado, San Diego, or San Fran threatening the Dodgers for that pennant. I mean, uh, it's, it's more about any one of them can end up with a wild card. And in a 60-game season, anything kind of happened. But, yeah, Dodgers are – out of all the teams in baseball, I would put – I would more likely – put money on the Dodgers to win the playoffs than any other one. Cause they have so, so much depth in every single spot and just they're a drastically more talented team than pretty much any other one in the NL. Yeah. I mean, the problem with that, of course, uh, you know, everybody else knows that too. Currently the division odds on that, it's going to be terrible. I'm scrolling down to it right now. The Dodgers, you want to take a guess at what the Dodgers are right now to win the, uh, uh, the NL probably West? minus two fifty. Minus seven fifteen. That's a terrible bet. Like 60 games, 60 games in the season last year. I think the Mariners were still one of the top teams in the league. Yeah. And I think I also think if I remember correctly, they won a bunch of one run games. They watched, um, they also were like, what a Jay, what's his name? Got traded to the Phillies afterwards. JJ Poots? Jay Buda? No. JJ Poots signed my shoe once. Um, <laughs> well, there you uh, go. Jay Bruce. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was just knocking him out of the park every single day for no apparent reason. And then just that would be his only hits were home runs. Um, Padres yeah. plus 750, Diamondbacks plus 900, Rockies plus 30, 30 to 1, San Fran 80 to 1. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, are, are we switching from the I, – I don't really have I, I'm just, I'm just – I got curious. When, once we talk I mean, I'm looking Rockies. through and there's like maybe Caleb Smith at 150 to 1 might be worth a shot. Uh, like the, but the Marlins aren't going anywhere. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the problem. But you can still win. I mean – Cy Young isn't like MVP, like the best yeah. pitcher. Because, I mean, DeGrom has won a Cy Young being not even – like Felix Hernandez won a Cy Young with barely a winning record. DeGrom won one with barely a winning record. So it, it's not impossible for a pitcher to win the Cy Young with a terrible team, whereas MVP just doesn't happen with terrible teams. I mean, it's been Mike Trout and it's been A-Rod are the only guys that win MVPs when their teams don't win the playoffs. I, I got one. I got one that's uh, way off the board. We're off, off the reservation. Uh, Aramon Marquez is 66 to one. We've seen that guy have stretches, man. And then I understand pitchers are cores, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I mean, what it's worth, reports are great as far as where he's at right now. I know everybody's in the greatest shape of their life, right? But reports are good on him. And I, he's also a guy that's had some runs. He's got him some stretches, you know, and we're just talking about 12 starts. I think he can give you a run of 12 really good starts at 66 to one. 66 to one. Uh, it's worth a pinch. I don't mind that, and Woodruff had a pretty solid stretch last year. Um, I, I haven't looked into how he's feeling or anything like that right now, but he was showing some promise last year, and I think that he's potentially a guy that could make a run at 50-1. to 1. And one guy that I actually don't know if I mentioned at all who um, – Sorry, from the AL Cy Young, I got I obviously get distracted fairly often. Um, or is it Montas? Well, we haven't talked about the AL just yet. We, we can talk oh, about okay, it now. Okay, that makes more sense. I was wondering, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm I should have mentioned him. 
<laughs> Cole was plus 275, which I just – I don't like that. I mean, like, he can win it, sure, but I don't like those odds. Merlander 7-1, and Snell at 9-1, Clevenger 10-1, Glassdale at 12-1. I don't like those odds at Glassdale. 12-1. Uh, Morton 12 to one Bieber, the Biebs, he's 12 to one as well. Um, I don't know, man. Lance Lynn, 25 to one. How does that happen? Why are we been on Lance Lynn? That's ridiculous. Because he's getting a new ballpark. That's going to be drastically more advantageous to him. And he was one of the best pitchers in the league last season. Yeah. But did he freaky Friday with Gary Cole that we're not aware of? Like I, it's still Lance Lynn. I mean, it's still a season where anyone can. Yeah, just... I guess. But 25 yeah. to one is not even like a great. Ah, whatever. I'm on a, I'm on a Lance Lynn. Uh, we, me and Cardi talked about it. Uh, we like Paxton and McCullers at 40 to one each. Those are both guys have had injury problems. So much kind of concerning also guys that can labor at times, not necessarily close out games. They'll go like six and change and throw 112 pitches. Um, McCullers is the guy if they played 162 innings, 162 games, that's a long game, 162 games. Um, he probably wouldn't pitch beyond, I don't know, 150 innings or so. But because it's a shortened season, he should benefit from that. Uh, you can only pick so many with 12 starts. Uh, McCullers, kind of interesting at 40 to 1. What say you? Uh, yeah, no, McCullers got great stuff, obviously, before his injuries. Like, yeah, the 40 to 1 odds uh, are probably my favorite ones. McCullers, Montas, who was just throwing heat before he got suspended with steroids, maybe he figured <laughs> out how to not test positive. And, like, again, that's. Like, that's the division where you're playing in the best ballpark with pitchers, like in the N or in the AL, like Angels, all that. So there, he's going to get good ballparks. So Montas, I think, is a good one at 41. I'm right there with you with Paxton because his biggest problem is injuries and when he comes back from injuries. McCullers, great stuff and can put up a great season at any given time. You're, I, I hate myself for saying this, but you know who I'm interested in at 150 to 1? Uh, well, I mean, I, now I can cheat and look, but, uh, I mean, is it Dylan Bundy? It's Dylan Bundy. Okay, sell me on Dylan Bundy. He's going from a terrible ballpark for pitchers to a good one. He learned how to induce soft contact to lefties, and really his biggest problem has been just incredible home run to fly ball variance. Um, it, it just has not worked out for him. He's a guy with a, amazing stuff. He can strike out guys, and now he's going for, to a much better ballpark and a much better division where he's going to – he's a fly ball guy. He's going to be playing seven games over in Oakland. He's going to be playing in a home ballpark that's not great for home runs but not terrible. He's going to be playing in Seattle, which, like, is a decent park for uh, fly ball hitters. Houston, so I don't know. He's always been a guy with a ton of talent. It's a 60-game season, so anything can happen. I mean, it's 150 to one. I'm not happy at myself for saying this, but <laughs> like him or even Glass now, uh, not the worst idea in the world. There's just was, no value on Glass now. I mean, 12 to yeah. one is a bad number in my opinion. I like yeah. him, but that's a bad number. I mean, but also like Garrett Cole plus 275 is not a great value either. I'm I'm probably not betting that. I mean, he's the best pitcher, yeah, but I mean, I'll just bet Cole to win the Cy Young. <laughs> just bet on that. I'm sorry to win the uh, the MVP if he just yeah. goes incredibly you know nuts, which yeah. is probably not going to happen. But maybe you never know. Yeah, what about Otani at fifty to one? Although he's probably only going to. I don't think he's going to pitch like twelve starts. He may, but I wouldn't guess that. I'll take the under on twelve. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my issue there. 
I got. I mean, they're not going to award the stick and the the Cy Young, I would imagine. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, I don't know. There's like the only off the. I like the forty to one guys, and I like the one, and I like Bundy just because I love to hate myself. He's won me and lost me more money than anyone else in baseball. <laughs> Grant, uh, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I did want to touch on the home run leaders. Uh, so Gallo is ten to one. By the way, Gallo, of course, COVID. Uh, we don't know. I don't want to speculate how he's going to recover, but uh, love Gallo. Ridiculous stick when he gets a hold of it. Uh, but I, I'm probably not there. Trout is also 10 to 1 for what it's worth. Alonzo's 11 to 1. Bellinger's 18 to 1. Judge, if he stays healthy, is 20 to 1. Uh, who's jumping out for you on the board? So, I, yeah, like it would be Alvarez if it weren't for like, I think we're still not sure if he has Corona or not. I don't think he's reported yet. Yeah, there's know. some think... speculation on Jordan Alvarez. He hasn't reported yet, and Dusty Baker was very uh, nonspecific as to the reason why he wasn't there, and who knows, draw your own conclusion, but yeah, we don't know. Yeah, that. I mean, the big thing is a lot of these guys are going to end up playing all 60 games who are DHs just because, like, we're, you're not doing, uh, what's it called, interleague play. So, universal DH. Like, I'm not going to be so surprised if Cruz ends up playing 58 games. So I think Nelly Cruz is probably not the worst call, although he's getting up there in years. Mm -hmm. um, but again, looking at divisions where it's advantageous, and you've got you've got the what NL East. I can't remember. I always get them confused. Um, the Yankees division, the American League yes. East. Yeah, uh, I'd, a lot of these guys probably like Stanton. If it weren't eleven to one, I would think about it. But because of that, I'm just kind of out Reese Hoskins. Oh no, you don't, Reese Hoskins at, at fifty to one. Sell me on it. I mean, dude hits bombs. I like. Uh, you want a couple guys in the mid tier? What about Framil Ray is a thirty-five to one? Another guy that's gonna be visiting Coors Field. I got some really good number thirty-five to one on Framil, and another guy like you know one of the best power hitters in all of baseball that gets completely neglected, bashed out. I think at least forty last year. Or Jorge Soler. I know the ballpark stink and the team stinks, but. You know, he could pull a Pedro Serrano. He could do it by himself. All he needs is to pick yeah. some homers. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much volatility, and I don't think it's worth it to go with the guys up there at the top. Like, I want at least 30 to 1 odds because, I mean, even Matt Olson, like, yeah, he, he was having some struggles last year. And, I mean, the main thing is he's a lefty, so there's some decent lefty pitchers in that division, if I remember correctly. So he kind of got, kind of got taken out of a few games because the uh, A's like to, like to take advantage of matchups with uh, – what is it, Pinder, and there's one other guy that I can never remember his name. So that, that, it's more worry about playing time and him getting pitch hit for later on in a game. So hence why not a big Matt Olson guy, but Chapman, like, he can hit outside of the home run contest where his dad's throwing just straight-up heat and curveballs. <laughs> he had to get him one last time. <laughs> I'm trying to look at, like, some long shot guys. Um Bets at a hundred to one. Like I know that he's not the biggest home run guy, but he can go on a little bit of heater. He's out of Boston, which I know is a very good park for hitting, but it's not that great of a park for home runs. Um, Tatis at a hundred to one. Am I looking at the right thing? Is he really a hundred to one for? Yeah, he's a hundred yeah. to one for home runs. I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up leading the league in home runs. Like the dude just mashes. Uh, I think there's a lot more value down near the bottom. Um, Gary Sanchez at 66 to 1 is another one that's kind of interesting. He's got a ton of power as well. I think the worst about. bet on the board is Chris Davis. 
<laughs> the Baltimore one at 125 to one. We just talked about the possibility of him hitting like 17 overs. And, and yeah. Just sort of. I mean, unless Corona gave him superpowers. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't he like crushing spring training? Wasn't there like a spring? He was doing something where he's hitting a bunch of homers. Did I imagine this? I don't even know. Like, but <laughs> I don't know. He got no. that big contract. Maybe he's looking for a, like, maybe Last he just was... laid off the juice for a few years and like, all right, when I get another con, when I'm ready for another contract, I'll, I'll start, start roiding up again. I think I'm thinking of last year for some reason. The years, it's, it's <laughs> the years are just sort of meshing with me. Grant. I just remember like betting on him to actually get a hit when he was six bucks over or like a buck over on Yahoo. Well, there was he opened the season like oh for a whole bunch. Yeah, over uh, like sixty. He had the longest hitless streak of all time. I think. Yeah, like, you almost started to feel bad for the guy, despite the fact he's making I don't, an insane amount of money. Yeah, no, he's on a hundred and sixty million dollar contract. I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, I mean, and also uh, there was reports that he like he was refusing to work with the hitting coach, and he wasn't like he had, he wasn't even trying to work on his game. That was the, the reports, and he, the the television commentary just buried him. And I think he was upset about this, but uh, I don't know who who I mean, Gary For- Gary Thorne or maybe it was Jim Palmer. I think it was Jim Palmer, uh, and he was not pleased about this. I don't remember, remember these reports. They're basically saying this guy's terrible, and he's not even like trying to break out of it by working with the coaches. But yeah, he's got a seven-year, one hundred sixty-one million dollar deal. Uh, and it doesn't expire until 2023. So, hey, man, good for yeah. Chris Davis. <laughs> I mean, man, we've seen it many times before. Um, what about the other Chris Davis at 33 to 1? Obviously, he was injured. He had that wrist injury for most of last year, and that's kind of what we assumed was yeah. keeping him from doing too much. Sano, like 33 to 1. I don't think it's the worst bet in the world. Another uh, Corona guy, but we don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, I mean, again, look into things, and if they, you can generally get a report if they're asymptomatic or not, which is a pretty good sign. Like, again, not a doctor. This is not medical advice. Yeah. But if you're asymptomatic, in my experience of research, it's much less likely to have any real lasting effects. And if anything, that probably more guarantees that they're less likely to get it throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, I I hate playing the speculation game, much like you are as well. I mean, I'm just going based off of odds. I mean, on average, most people, their antibodies last about three months, which will put you through pretty much the entire regular season at this point. Asymptomatic cases are about, what, 10 times more likely to not have lasting effects. I don't know. I, I, I know way too many doctors and way too many people have gotten it. <laughs> so I, I have, I've done my research into this far too much. Do you have anything else as far as uh, that's worth talking about here? I mean, I don't know. We haven't really dug in, like, who's going to win, you know, the title and all that. But, I mean, is that worth even talking? I've kept you long enough. There's nothing else, right, Grant? I mean, not really. I'm just going to look at the uh, team futures real quick um, to make the playoffs. Let's see if there's – no, no, no. Somebody goofy is going to make the playoffs just because, like – It's not going to be the Orioles at 33-1, to 1, but like, Vegas is kind of reflecting that, like – I'm not really seeing any decent. Uh, Detroit thirty-three to one. Yeah, not going there. Like Vegas is kind of baked in the volatility and put a pretty large amount of juice on most things. I mean, I'm trying to look up the Mets are probably depending plus one thirty-five. Like, yeah. I honestly don't hate that. Cardi loves that lineup. He was talking about that yesterday. How much? Well, that lineup's eat. great, and obviously their pitching's pretty good. Um, so they, they benefit I, greatly with, uh, the DH because Cespedes yeah. can't move. 
So. Yeah, and I mean they've had some like they just had so many injuries over the year. Injuries are less likely to affect them in a sixty-game season. Trying to see if there's anything kind of sort of somewhat interesting that jumps out. Uh, Toronto plus six fifty. I don't completely hate that. I mean, if that's, I want that's dart, not a terrible line at all. The problem is that division's so tough. Where correct? Like they're the least likely. I mean, may, honestly, the Rangers at plus six fifty. They've got some decent bats. They've got some, like... Klubot, Lynn. Klubot, Lynn, and Miner was having a pretty decent season for the most of the last year. I mean, the bullpen is probably still trash, but bullpens tend to regress a little bit more towards the mean. Um, and they Kluber's a guy that can go late into the games. Miner's a guy that can go late into the games. And Lynn's a guy that can go late into the games. So I honestly don't hate the Rangers at 6.5 to 1. I think that's a decent one. Mariners, 12 to 1. Yeah. That's just me being a homer, but that seems like uh, <laughs> I can't even. I guess they did get rid of half their half their team. Forgot. I can't even remember. That Toronto rotation, man. Hunjin Rio is interesting, but then like the board, Tanner Roark, the maker of shoes, ugh. Uh, Chase Anderson, Trent Thornton. I know we love the sticks, the, the young sticks there in Toronto. You know, Vladdy and Biggio and Bichette and you know, uh, Gurry, all those guys, but. Uh, that pitching rotation could be, like you said, the division's rough, obviously, too. So, outside of beating up Baltimore, and I guess beat, I assume they're going to play, uh, you know, the Marlins a few a series on the other side. But yeah, I'm looking not, through, I'm looking through the Mariners. Yeah. And, and? Well, it, it's I forgot how bad their lineup was towards the end of the season. <laughs> like they had Seager, they had Team Girth captain. Oh, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Mogelbach. And they had Aniger, and then it was just a hodgepodge of Alex random Smith. guys like Tom Murphy who can <laughs> just smash lefties for some reason. Create a player, Tom Murphy. Yeah. I need a proof of life. Are we sure Tom Murphy exists? I'm not sure. I think it, I think it, it was just a glitch in the simulation. <laughs> Grant, uh, g- give me your favorite take that we've talked about in this podcast. I mean, Dylan Bundy at 150 to 1. No. <laughs> Give me your uh, second Frankie Montas to win the <laughs> Cy Young at 41. All right. My favorite one, of course, is going to be New Orleans uh, at 3 uh, to 1. I forgot we talked about basketball. We did so talk basketball. Ago. That did happen. This podcast went really long. If you guys stuck with this this long, we much appreciate it. Grant, give them like a code word to type in uh, uh, on YouTube because we're on YouTube as well. This one is on YouTube. You can actually see it's worth firing up YouTube for another reason. You can see Grant's uh, ridiculous, uh, awesome hair, ridiculously awesome hair. Give him the side profile shot, Grant. It's really, oh, there it is. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking super sexy. Quarantine's almost the, over and got to get back on the board. What should they put in the comment section? Like, I was like, you know, hey, we, I, I made it to the end. Like, something to say in the comment section on YouTube. Well, just tell me if you'd swipe left on me or swipe right on me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Grant? It was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for joining it, uh, joining our pod. And the great thing about this is like, it's like three months down the road or we're not even going to know if we're right. And we could, and you know, nobody's going to remember who we picked three months ago. So if we're wrong, completely, if Dylan Bundy wins Cy Young, people will remember. Well, that People will remember that. And they'll they remember me like laughing at you too, which is, you know, I, you know, put, a few put a 10 spot one. on and you got 1500 coming your way in a few months. Yeah. If if you one, get of your, second, though, one of your $10 free bets. From DK Sportsbook, if you're over here in Colorado, just throw it on Dylan Bundy. It's a free bet. 
you don't care if you lose, but if you win, just like if the Pelicans win, I've got the championship. I've got a whole lot of money coming my way. <laughs> that was Grant Niefer from uh, rotorunners.com. This was basketball. This was also baseball. I was Dean. It was the morning grind. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. Holler. Hey, kids. <laughs>